Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. On your airways, on the plane, on the train, everywhere you need to be. I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to subscribe to the Scoopy Radio podcast on all platforms. iHeartRadio, Google Play, Twitter and App, Stitcher app, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to visit scoopyradio.com. And on the line right now is a guy that uh, started from the bottom, and he's literally here. It's none other than Yahoo Sports' own Chris Haynes. What's going on, Chief? Still be, man. It was good to see you a couple of weeks, man. L.A., man. We worked it. For you, man. Yeah, man. Sure. I, yeah, that, that was uh, that was a little, little little bit of work and play. I, I definitely <laughs> enjoyed myself. Yo, man, that VIP was crazy. Did you see Jalil White in VIP? Yeah, I actually um, he actually came up behind me and, and was like, "What's up, Chris?" But I had met him. Scoop B Radio. Let me see. I met him. I want to say like six months ago. Shaq had a um. An opening to his restaurant in L.A. right across yeah. the street from Staples. Yep. And um, he was there, and uh, I had he took a picture of my wife, so he, he still remembered me from that from that moment. But no, nah, that's that's the that's Steve that's Steve Urkel or Stefan or Kale, <laughs> whichever one you want to remember. Did you know that he's also the voice? Of, remember the Sonic the Hedgehog video game? I I didn't know that. He's that's the voice Sonic of that? the Hedgehog. Yes, but Sonic didn't talk. Yes, and the cartoon. It used to come on like. Early oh, the, the cartoon, the cartoon, not the video game, the cartoon. No, the cartoon. Got you. I didn't know that. Nah. Yeah, just like Uncle Phil is the voice of Shredder on Ninja Turtles. I definitely didn't know that. Now, the, the cartoon Ninja Turtles or the movies? The cartoon. On the cartoon the Ninja Turtles, James Avery, Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince was the voice yeah. of Shredder. I didn't know that either, man. Yeah, I'm weird crazy. like that. Yeah. What, what else you got for me, man? Did you know that Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World is the voice of Kit on the show Knight Rider? I got to go back and re- refresh my history of Knight Rider. I know Mr. Feeney, the teacher of Boy Meets yeah. World, uh, stay yeah. next door. Yep. I got to I gotta do my history. On, I got to go, go back on Knight Rider. No, okay. All right. When, when I'm not paying attention to the NBA like you, that's what I do in my off time. You versatile, man. That's what you tell me right there, man. I'm impressed. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, first of all, I want to tell you, I'm impressed with you. Uh, many people credit others for breaking the Kawhi Leonard to the, to the Los Angeles Clippers. You had it a minute before mainstream. How cool is that? How cool is that? Um, You know, man, obviously, you know, in the free agency time, you know, like kind of, you know, a few of us jump into – News breaking mode, and you know I, I had a I had a good end on that, um, you know going into that that period, and so I felt good about my chances. But uh, you know obviously you know we're in the position, we're in the situation to break news. You know we don't mm-hmm. want to be second or third. You want to be first. So that that was one you know one you know one of a uh, on, on a few more that I had this summer. And uh, no, it was cool. It was cool because you know obviously that's the biggest one. I remember. I kind of equate that to another big one I had two years ago when Gordon Hayward went to Boston. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's always a couple of big scoops that you want over the summer to kind of, kind of, you know, just kind of set the tone and definitely getting Kawhi was, you know, that's pretty cool. But, you know, that's part, that's part of my job. Move on. We'll try to get to the next one. Help me understand something. What's up? Kawhi Leonard over the summer. Uh, he met with the Raptors. He had conversations with the Lakers. He ultimately joined the Clippers. Was there a chance in heaven that he'd actually join the Lakers? I think that was a second option. I don't think he was going. I don't think he was going back to Toronto. I don't think he was going back to Toronto. I think definitely with him winning a championship there, I think that probably freed him up a little bit more. uh, freed him up a little bit more to to pick the destination that he wanted because you know he didn't want. I remember I broke. I actually broke the trade when he went to um was getting, being traded to, to Toronto, and I reported at the time that you know he had no desire to be there, and uh you know Raptor fans didn't like me for that, but you know I was stating you know I was stating the, the truth and the fact, uh, and um and I think with him winning, you know it, it definitely. Uh, you know, that was a, like, a sense of relief because now he probably felt like he didn't owe the organization anything. I mean, he didn't owe him anything in the first place. He was traded there. Um, so, uh, you know, but he doesn't like the cold weather. I reported that a year ago, uh, you know, when the trade was going down. He wanted to be back home. And I actually had the chance to interview him. Um, let me see, during his press conference. Uh, he mm-hmm. gave me one-on-one video time. And um, he talked about just how, it was killing him, you know, during his NBA career to to only go home in the summertime and watch his nieces and nephews and cousins, like, just growing up out the blue. And he said he's missing all of that. And um, that was a big, big reason why he wanted to go home. And um, so I, I do think the Lakers were his second option. I, I don't think he was going back to Toronto at all. That was, of course, Chris Haynes on the line with Scoopy Radio talking free agency, his journey and more. You um a guy from Fresno, you're out doing community service right now. Uh Paul George is a guy that went to Fresno State, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. He's a guy from Palmdale, California, right outside of well, LA County. Um he's a guy that got out of Oklahoma, went to to the Clippers. If the trade did not happen for Paul George uh going to the Clippers, do you think that was the determinant factor in whether or not Kawhi went to the Clippers or went to the Lakers? I think that was a big part. I can't say. Look, I'll say this. So I asked Kawhi that question. He said he still would have picked the Clippers. Right. I, I'm not so sure 
you know, I, 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 you know, I think the Lakers' chances would have definitely increased exponentially if, um, if Paul George and you know forced his way out. Uh, it, it just, you know, I know Kawhi, he, he relishes winning. Uh, he wants to be in a good situation, but you know, if all things are considered, you have the Clippers, you have the Lakers, and they're both two championship contending teams. Uh, you know, there's just something about playing on a LeBron James team. It, it gets mm-hmm. all the the news headlines, all the drama, you know, warranted or unwarranted. That it just comes with LeBron, and then you add on the Lakers' appeal. Like it's just going to be, you know you know, amped up even more. So I think all things considered, you know, we know how Kawhi is. You know, he got a chance to go to, you know, the Clippers where they're considered the the little brother um, NBA team of L.A. And, you know, they got a chance to win. And he kind of fly under the radar is not the right word, but you, you get what I'm saying. It's not the right term, you know. And I think that's what I, – I, I just think Paul George made that decision, you know, even more easier. Chris, where's Carmelo Anthony going? Man, that's a good question. Scoop, that's a good question, man. I would think you would know more so than me, man. I know that's your guy, but I would say this. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely talent-wise, um, skill set-wise, he, he definitely deserves to be in the NBA. He, he's 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 one, you know, I would say he's a top 200 talent, maybe even top 100. But, you know, there is this thing about fit mm-hmm. uh, that is that it, that it that's serious that teams really consider. Think about fit. Um, there's a thing about uh, you know how you're going to gel uh, with the core guys that they have on that roster, and so when you kind of narrow it down to those uh, aspects, you know then there's only a few teams that probably make sense. You know I think the Lakers make sense. Um, you know I think Clippers make sense. I think there's a lot of you know contending teams that make sense, but you know you have to be. Carmelo has to, you know, truly buy in. And I think this is the one thing. And I think this is what, what is kind of a, of a conundrum for owners and, and general managers out there is that, you know, it's it's kind of easy to, to say all the right things when you don't have a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so the, the problem with, with Carmelo is that the last three years was kind of his window to try to show teams that, look, I am willing to reduce my role. I'm willing to be – uh, a more of a 15 to 20 minute guy, know my role, know the, know the leadership role that I have to take on. And he didn't showcase that in these last two or three years. And so that's the last and defining image that these teams have mm. of Carmelo, you know? And so I, yeah. I just think he didn't utilize these last two years, uh, the way he should to where he, to where he wouldn't be in this position right now. And, you know, yeah. he could, he could. And, he could, he could, you know, come into a team and fit. But I just think, like, you know, it's, it's always easy to say, like, Antonio Brown. Like, at some hmm. point, you know, he just got released. But at some point, he's going to do an interview and say how he's how he's ready and everything is behind him, how he's a new person. But the lasting impression, the last visual we see in him is him forcing his way out of Oklahoma, you know, I mean, with the Oakland Raiders. Him you know, only lasting a game with the New England Patriots. And so that, that you know, that's you, – you have to walk the walk at a certain point. And I, and I just think they haven't seen that from Carmelo yet. If you had to pick between the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers, what team do you think Melo fits better on? I think he fits better on the Brooklyn because I think he'll have a better chance to play over there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but from a, from a longevity standpoint, you know, and, and it's funny too. I don't know if you follow, you know, social media commentary where any, anytime somebody's um, trying to defend Carmelo and try to explain why he he should be in the league. So people seem to always bring up Jared Dudley. <laughs> it was like, why, <laughs> why is Jared Dudley playing? Why is he still collecting these checks, yeah. stealing money? And you know, you know, it's more, it's more to it than just playing. Like I said, Carmelo probably is a top 100 talent right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's fit, knowing your role on the court, not being a burden, not putting pressure on the coach. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, um, maybe Carmelo is not ready to play for the Lakers, you know, but, but is he going to handle, is he going to be able to handle not playing and still facilitating the growth of the young guys and facilitating the growth of the team as a whole? So I would say this. So for Carmelo's longevity in the NBA, like if he wants to maximize the remaining years of his time in the league, maybe going to the Lakers, a team that he's probably not going to play a lot on, but go there and show them that you'll be a model citizen. Like, go there and, and do what Vince Carter has been doing over the last, what, five years or so. Like, show that you can do that. Because there will be opportunities where they're going to need you to play. Injuries happen all the time. Especially with all this maintenance, you know, that, that's going on over the last couple of years. You're going to have opportunities to play. And so when you get in there and you produce, and then maybe that next team that'll pick you up in free agency and say, hey, we want you to be a role model citizen. We want you to be a leader, but mm-hmm. we want you to play. So you just got to show that you can play both sides. And Carmelo just hasn't been able to show that yet. Hey, hey Chris, some would argue that Derrick Rose did something similar too. And he now played himself into a position with the Detroit Pistons. It's a, it's a humbling experience. It's a humbling situation. Remember, like, look, Carmelo is, I believe he's 34 right now. 35. LeBron's, he's 35? Okay. Yep. LeBron's going to be 34 this December. So yeah, remember like so, you know. So say he's been playing basketball since he was five, you know. So for thirty years he's been the man. Yeah. For thirty years he's gotten everything he wanted. For thirty years he's been praised. You know, what I mean, could do no wrong. And then, you know, so it's hard. You know, it's hard trying to adjust to to being not not the primary option, not second fiddle, not the third option, but you know, you just being low on the totem pole to where you not you won't you won't hear your name called on a nightly basis. And so it's a humble experience, but I think once you get to that level of maturity and understand that, look, man, you know, everybody has their day. And, you know, we're, we we all have our day in our, our own individual professions, and we have to understand how to maximize our time, the remaining years that we have, and try to just be prepare ourselves. And, and Jared Dudley, you know, even though he gets brought up in a conversation a lot, man, He's done a, a hell of a job because talent-wise, he, he might not be there. But just from a maturity standpoint, and the way that he can help a team, uh, help mm-hmm. a team, and not be a nuisance, he's probably gained four years in the league just mm-hmm. off of that. And so mm-hmm. that that you know that 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 plays a big part. Chris, where do you see Jamal Crawford going? I talked to Jamal yesterday, man. Um, I would like to see Jamal. Me personally, I would like to see Jamal Crawford on a contender team. I would love to see Jamal Crawford on a contender team. Uh, but Jamal is just a baller. 
he's just a baller. Like he'll go into any situation, try to make the best of it. I, I want to see him on a championship contender team. The last time he was on that type of you know in that type of situation was with the L.A. Clippers. To answer your question, where I think he ends up, I, I don't know, man. It, it this this it looks like this is going to be a mid-season type pickup. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year he signed on. I think it was right before the season started with right the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, okay, with the Phoenix Suns. And so um, I don't know if that's going to happen this time around. I think it's going to be an in-season scenario. But he could still play, man. He could still play. Uh, you know, same with, Jam- with Jamal. Like I know people like say his style of play is not conducive to winning. I disagree. Uh, yeah, it, it has to be the right – it has to be the situation. He – um. He can still play, man. He, he's he's still and look, Scoopy. I know this, you know this is not basketball, but it trips me out. This dude is going on thirty nine. I don't know anybody who gets older and gets more hair as they get older. <laughs> I, I, yeah. You know, he, he sent me this video because I'm doing this. I'm doing this like a stop the run, stop the violence run here in Fresno this weekend. It's in honor of my my brother who um, was murdered three years ago. Yeah. But Jamal sent me this video. You know, basically, you know, promoting, you know, promoting my event just with a full fledged of hair. I'm like, dude, you went your whole league. Like, he always had that low skin cut, right? So yeah. I thought he couldn't grow his hair. You know, you know, some guys, they keep it low because they know certain yep. patches of their hair don't grow. This dude got a full fledged of hair. On top he got of the Jay Z look right now. It's crazy, man. Like, I'm like, who gets older yeah. and gets more hair? Yeah. Pure black yeah. hair at that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I need to see what doctor you whatever. Wherever doctor you go, I need to go there. <laughs> Scooby Radio talking to Chris Hayes. Chris, when you look at the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, they added Al Horford. Um, you know, Joel Embiid. You know, it was crying after they lost to the Raptors, and because he was upset. Um, what do you think, Joe, uh, Al Horford? Uh, Playing next to Joel and beat offers is, and as a mentor, do you think it's a package deal? Look, I'm be honest. I wasn't a fan of that move. I remember I was at at the NBA draft. Um, what was it? It was the NBA draft. God, the NBA was holding something the day before the NBA draft, where um, the, the players would come out. It, it wasn't the combine, but it's like the NBA makes the players. Uh, available to media like the day before the draft. Right. And right, so whatever right. that was, I was there. And I remember speaking, somebody told me, because this, this was at the time where news got out that Horford wasn't signing back in Boston. Right. And that he had a promise somewhere. It was a mystery team that he had a promise to. And mm-hmm. some dude, this dude told me, and it was, I'm not going to say where he works at because I would give it up, but dude told me, he was like, man, Chris, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm cool with Horford now, but the promise he got is from Philly. And I'm like, that makes no sense. Like, why would Philly give up? Because the, the number was out at that time. It was like four years, $100 million plus, somebody promised him. And I'm like, why would Philly do that? That don't make no sense. That's a Joe MB. Like, why Like, why is that? And, you know, they, they had other moves to make. You know, they had to resign Tobias and Jimmy and, mm-hmm. you know, J.J. Reddick. And so I, I'm not a, I, I, I wasn't a fan of it. You know, I, I actually like the the team they had better, uh, last year better than this year, but that's mm-hmm. not to say it won't work. Um, right. I just think they they need shooting. You know, you 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 need shooting surrounded Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. 
And I think they tried to patch up some loose ends here and there, but they they lost a lot of shooting over the last couple of years, and and I I think that's really going to be a hindrance for them as they move on throughout the season. Is there a chance in heaven that Miami makes any deals mid season or before the season, particularly as it relates to Chris Paul? We haven't heard anything um, serious with Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul starts the season with OKC, but no, definitely Miami, Pat Riley, they're going to be. Uh, communicating frequently, I would anticipate, uh, with Sam Presti to check on availability of Chris Paul. I, I, I have a hard time believing Chris Paul will finish the whole year, uh, with OKC. Uh, he, he will have to get out of there. And I, I would think Miami will always be the primary shooter. Do you see there's a chance, uh, that Dwayne Wade sneaks in and plays in the league? Or do you think that that's just a media, uh, implant? during the downtime of the season? Oh, man. I mean, he came out and said, you know, don't believe the hype. He's retired. Uh, Wade Wade looked good last year. Mm-hmm. He, he, he looked good. I'll say this. Um, I think radio. if Miami is in contention, and I don't know that that can happen without Chris Paul, but if they are in contention, I can see a scenario where they can lure Dwayne Wade back. It, it's hard for me to believe. I know, like Dwayne Wade's son is is um you know playing you know he's gonna be playing on the same high school team as LeBron James' son in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I know people say, well, Dwayne Wade. I I can't see Dwayne Wade if he came back going to Lakers. I can't see that. I yeah. can, I, I think if he did come back and his retirement, it'd be you know be back in Miami. But he's still staying in shape, man. He's still playing, working out with his training. You know, I see the videos that's posted. So he still looks good. Um, I, I I think there's a good chance he, he would, you know, come out of retirement at, at some point. I, I can see that from him. In the NBA's Western Conference, is definitely the wild, wild west. Everybody talks about the Lakers. But in my guesstimation, you haven't covered the Portland Trail Blazers uh, with NBC Sports. I like the Blazers, and I like Utah. What say you? I like those two teams. I, I, don't, like, I don't like them better than the Clippers. Right, but I, I like them, and you know I can't dismiss the Lakers. You know I can't do that. I just, of course, you know I did, I did a, I did a radio show here, you know, locally in Fresno, and most people from Fresno they're uh, Lakers fans, mm-hmm. and so you know I, I know I, I know I crush their hearts when I say I like the Clippers over the Lakers. But the only reason I'm picking the Clippers over the Lakers right now is because the majority of the Clippers team, you know, they have continuity. Those, mm-hmm. those guys they play together, they've had success, and now you add two top ten players to just join that nucleus. I mean, I would think they would be able to continue on that trend. And now with the Lakers, a bunch of pieces that never played together before. And then you have Anthony Davis, who's a star, top five talent, maybe even a top three talent. But, you know, he's never won anything in this league. And so there's a bunch of question marks to that team. And so I like Portland. I like Utah. Um, Denver, you know, you, you would think that they will continue to, to, to surge ahead. Uh, but yeah, no, Portland's legit, man. I, I think I think Dame Damian Lillard is going to be able to get the, the most out of um, Hassan Whiteside. If, if Whiteside falters in Portland, where there's not all the the nightlife that Miami has to offer, mm-hmm. if he can't focus and get it right in Portland, then ah, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's ever going to happen. So um, no, I, I, and in Utah, you know, adding Mike Conley, um, 
you know, they're, they're, they're going to be legit. The West is going to be wild. And, and look, and all these teams we mentioned, like that I mentioned, I didn't mention Houston. Mm-hmm. Like, Houston could very well be below all those teams, you know, I just said. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, and they and they were right there, you know, and, you know, so it's going to be wild. Chris, I heard Kyle Kuzma and Puma ring bells like Sunday at 12 o'clock. What say you? I ain't going against that. I'm actually, um, I, I got me, when I did DeMarcus Cousins, um, when I did DeMarcus Cousins, uh, he, he came on my podcast. It was mm-hmm. late in the year last year. But, you know, whenever I do my podcast, I try to wear, um, you know, Pumas or whatever the, the, the players endorsed by. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, be be comfortable, or whatever, and show a sign of respect. Because there, there's mm-hmm. some players that they they won't even talk to you if they see you wearing some kicks that they they ain't, they ain't rocking. Right. Um, but no, nah, Puma man, they sent me these shoes, man. It's these old and Jamarcus actually wore them. They're, they're these the old school basketball, but it's a modern style, mm-hmm. uh, modern look. The Pumas are legit, man. The Pumas are legit, and. You know, I know for a long time, Nikes and Adidas pretty much ran things, and I never thought anybody can really, any other shoe companies can, like, infringe on that territory. But, nah, man, Puma's coming straight. You know, New Balance, you know, trying to trying to make some moves mm-hmm. with Kawhi. You know, so I, I applaud these, these two companies for trying to get in the mix and um, – and then you know they're 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 tapping into the younger the younger players you know because they want they want these young players to grow with the with the with the shoe brand and then uh, the even the youth they look at that and so and they'll always associate Kyle Kuzma or Kawhi Leonard with Puma or New Balance and you know that's what Stephen Curry did with the Under Armour like they went straight to the youth and that's how you see a lot of AAU programs funded by Under Armour and to now. Where Under Armour is not, you know, considered up there with Nike and um, Adidas, but you know, you see Under Armour a lot in high school and college, and so and I, I like I like what these two companies are doing. So I would I wouldn't dismiss what you said with Kyle Kuzma and Boo. Because you're gonna be in Space Jam too. Nah, man, I haven't I, I I haven't got I haven't gotten the call, so I I would say no. I would say no. Let me ask you a question. You and Rich Paul go together like peanut butter and jelly in a good way when did you first when did you first meet him uh the first time i met him when i was covering the blazers he was representing um he had johnny flynn mm-hmm. and for those who don't remember johnny flynn i believe from syracuse mm-hmm. number fourth pick maybe yeah he was picked over rubio you know so but he had a i can't remember what the injury is so forgive me but he had a semi-career in the injury and he ended up getting traded away by Minnesota, but Portland had him for like the last two months of the season. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you're when you're covering an NBA beat, uh, as a beat person, you need to always have the contacts, obviously, of each player's agent. And so that was the start of it, you know, doing from the Portland days, and then, uh, and then the relationship grew, grew from there when I covered LeBron in Cleveland. Uh, for those for those two years, and so that that was kind of how it, how it started. I bumped into you in Cleveland about five years ago. Uh, I was out there, and um, the Cleveland has definitely renovated itself with LeBron and them winning a championship in 2016, and then moving to greener pastures. Kyrie obviously going to Boston and then Brooklyn, and you know LeBron finding his way to the Lakers. Um, what was it like covering that 
covering the Cavs and then going to the Warriors and covering them at ESPN. Which did you like better? What did I like better? Well, I'll say this. It, you know, it was different from when, you know, when I was covering the, the Blazers in Portland. Now, you got to keep in mind the Trailblazers, like, that's the only NBA team in the city. And for a while, that was the only professional team in the city, you know, until they got Major League Soccer. Mm-hmm. And so the fan base over there, they love their Blazers. And when mm-hmm. I mean love their Blazers, not just the star players. Like, they want to know what's going on with the 14th and 15th man. And so that was my first gig. So all I knew on how to cover a beat was to cover players 1 through 15. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I, I didn't I didn't give 14th, 15th man uh, – the same amount of time I give a star, but, you know, I just devoted a lot to the team as a whole. Right. When I got to Cleveland, <laughs> it was LeBron, 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 Kevin Love, Kyrie, and then circle back again. LeBron, LeBron, nobody <laughs> cared really about 14, 15. Like, LeBron could come out every day and speak on, speak on the most, Benign thing, like, hey, man, you know, I I went to the movies. This movie was great. Uh, Robert Shapiro was in it, blah, blah, blah. And we have to write a story about that. Like, LeBron praises this new movie. You know what I mean? Like, it was just crazy. Whatever he said was a a headline. And if it didn't make national news, it was big enough to be a, a local news story of the day. Now, in Portland, if you talk to LaMarcus Aldridge, um, you know, my early days talking to Marcus Aldridge or Brandon Roy, you may have a talk with them. Like, they may speak to the media as a whole, but you might not even write that that day because there wasn't anything really of news value there. And, but you didn't do – you couldn't get away with that in Cleveland. So that was the difference in the the way you, you cover a LeBron team and cover a, a, a team that just, that city just has that one NBA stop. And then, you know, when I went to ESPN to cover the Warriors, that was just – that was kind of weird because I didn't want to do it initially. Hmm. I didn't want to, I didn't want to cover the Warriors because I went from, you know, I'm covering the Cavs. <laughs> and so from my, my standpoint, like my next gig, I'm going national. Like you covering the Cavs and LeBron to beat LeBron beat Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love. It don't get no bigger than this. And I didn't want to do it. And I'm glad I did do it because it was a pride thing. I'm glad I did do it because that's when, you know, Kevin Durant came aboard. So me and him went to the Bay at the same time. And, uh, you know, Kevin KD is one of, you know, one of my most favorite players to cover. Him, Damian Lillard, you know, CJ McCollum, LeBron, those guys. So I was glad to do that. And, you know, Golden State was, uh, it was very similar. Uh, but you could spread out your time a little bit more. You know, you got to focus on four guys. And then when DeMarcus came, you got to focus on five guys. And then, you know, Maybe even six or seven, because Iguodala, you know, demanded coverage, you know, right. from time to time. So you just spread yourself out a little bit more. And um, when you're at ESPN, even though you're covering the Warriors, it's still a national platform because mm-hmm. everybody wants to know what the Warriors are, are doing. And so uh, it was just time to go and uh, leave ESPN after after a few years and just just stick, you know, just be national and, and do what I want. So. It's been a good, it's been a good transition and a good time for me so far. Help me understand something. I, I know, I know we said twenty, thirty minutes, but this is getting good. I hope you have a few more minutes. It's all good. 
All right. So you talked about Kevin Durant. You talked about the Warriors. Um, and, and you talked about, you know, just your enjoyment covering it. You were one of the first people, I know you as well as Rick Bucher were saying Kevin Durant was coming to New York. Mm-hmm. Every other day was something else. I said the Lakers. I was wrong. Rick Bucher said uh, the Knicks. You said New York. You didn't say which mm-hmm. borough. And ultimately he joined Brooklyn. From your perspective and everything you heard and everything you knew, did you really think that the Nets were realistic at the point when you first said it? No, I I said um I said I had I I never said anything was a done deal, but I I I didn't no I never said I, when I talked about New York it was about the Knicks, and right. so I was saying that the Knicks felt really good, which they did. They felt really good about their chances, like they they were in play, and so that's what I that's what I was reporting. And you know that you know I reported that there was interest. You know Kevin Durant's dad is an avid Knicks fan, and so is his um, business partner Rich Kleiman, mm-hmm. a super Knicks fan. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was saying all year, right. um, and you know it got to a point where I started saying, "Well, yeah, I think he's he's leaning towards leaving." But no, I never said Brooklyn. That came out. I can't. I can't take credit for that. I never. I I never said Brooklyn. Uh, I was one of the first to report he's going to Brooklyn, but I didn't see that coming till till the very end. Uh, you know, then you know I met with KD. This was about I want to say it's late July. He invited mm-hmm. me to his house in L.A., and uh, that was the first time he had spoke to the media since his injury. Mm-hmm. And so he, he told me that, um, you know, if he was going to leave Golden State, it was always going to be the Brooklyn first. And uh, he told me that there were people in the circle that wanted the Knicks. It was Knicks. It was more so them pushing it to him. He, he, he It was always Brooklyn. And, uh, and he would have went. He would have went if Kyrie had gone or not. So, uh, no, that, that, that caught me by surprise. I didn't see that. Uh, it, it was becoming increasingly known, you know, just as the season went on that, you know, KD wasn't happy in Golden State. And, uh, you know, I knew he was bouncing, but yeah, I, I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't, like I said, I can't take credit for Brooklyn. I didn't, I didn't see that coming at all. Where do you see the Nets doing, doing, doing damage without KD this year? Scoop B Radio. I, I, I don't know, Scoop B. Yeah, I'm going to be real. Like, they had a really great season. Um, they had a, a, a bunch of pieces come together and made something happen. Because actually, you know, he, he did a hell of a job with that roster. But now you're bringing in Kyrie Irving, who I've covered. I know the guy, man. The guy is one of the best, man. That dude is a stud. He is a stud, man. Uh, to me, he's the best finisher below the rim in NBA history, period. I'm talking all the wow. time. Uh, that's just that's how much I I believe in this game. But what type of Kyrie are they getting? Are they getting the Boston Celtics Kyrie or are they getting the Cleveland Kyrie? And so that that's that's what I want to look for. Like, because I'm not even talking about um, his game. I'm talking about you know just his mood, the leadership qualities in Tampa. You know, so that's what I want to see. So if they're getting Kyrie and Kyrie's in a good disposition, he's leading, and he, you know he's going to ball out. If they get that guy. And they, they take a step up from what they did last year. But if they get that Boston Kyrie, you know they they can it, it can be a team that that can, could miss the playoffs. You know if if it gets if it gets that bad. But I don't expect that to happen. I, I think Kyrie's going to bounce back year. I I still pick about three or four teams over Brooklyn with without KD this coming up year. But you know they just want to hold ground and. Get some build some continuity and, and you know they just want to hold serve until KD gets back. 
Do you think the Milwaukee Bucks repeat what they did last year? Uh, yeah, I like I like what they did. You know, they lost Brogdon, of course. He was a force, man. I think people, a lot of people slept on him. They just slept on, you know, Milwaukee Bucks team in general. But uh, they added Wesley Matthews, who I think is going to, you know, a great 3D type player. Um, uh, you would think Giannis is going to prove. I think the guy's only 24 years old, man. You know, you think he, he you expect him to improve his game and take it to another level. Yeah, no, I, I expect Milwaukee to be there, but I expect, I expect, um, uh, Philly to be there. Um, who else? I, I, I like Boston. I, I like, you know, the, even though he lost Horford and Kimba, I kind of, I, I, I like, I, I'm not sleeping on Boston. I, I like Boston a little bit. Who else I'm missing out on out there? Who else on the, in the East? Philly, you know, Philly will be there. Like I said, I don't love them. Uh, I, I, I lightweight loved them last year. Um, <laughs> I want to see, I, I just want to see that dynamic, man. Cause to me, I what about him? Do you think? Well, I'll tell you what. Kobe White said he could see them going to the playoffs. What say yeah. you? Kobe White. Has Kobe White played an NBA game yet? He is not. Yeah, nah. I can, I can see them going to the playoffs. Look, yeah, we go. Yeah, well, look, I don't know. I, I possibly, possibly get to the playoffs, but you know, we. I'm talking about contending teams, but they may, they may, they may, they could make some noise. That's it. Derrick Rose joined the Pistons. The Pistons uh-huh. were the AFC last year. <laughs> Anthony Davis told me he thinks that Derrick Rose is going to get be exciting this coming year. What do you make of him going to Detroit? How do you think he'll fit? No, I think he'll fit fine. You know, he he's found a comfort zone. Um, I know this for a fact. Like, you know, they don't want Derrick Rose starting over there. They want to keep his minutes low. I know Derrick Rose wants to keep his minutes low so he can be as efficient as possible for as long as he can. Uh, you know, so he doesn't so he doesn't break down. Uh, Derrick Rose is, is in a good place. Like like I said, it takes a it takes a lot for a player who's been given everything on the court, been praised and heralded his whole life to just adjust and modify his game to the point to where he's a reserve, uh, a, a sturdy reserve, but a reserve nonetheless. He's done that, and so I, I like Detroit. You know, I, I think you they can't do anything but help. They they should they should get better. Uh, I want to see a lot more shooting over there in Detroit, but I like I like their pieces in the East. Where do you think Carl Anthony Towns improves this coming season out in Minnesota? Where do I think he improves? Man, look, Carl Carl Towns has all the talent in the world from the big man positions. He can step out, face the basket, put the ball on the floor. Uh, got post moves. His pivots, you know, are pretty impeccable. It, it's all about. I ain't gonna call it heart because I don't want to question the guy's heart, but you know, just toughness, mental toughness. Scoop you know, fighting radio. through, handling adversity. Um, you know, that's it. You know, that that was a kind of you know some of the issues that Jimmy Butler had with him. You know, last year, just trying to toughen him up. Uh, but you know, if he can get to that point to where he's just a force, regardless of the circumstances, and um, you know, he he he, could, he he's going to be up there. You know. For for a moment there, we didn't know who to pick from, you know, if we had to decide between Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns. And, and I think most people say Joel Embiid now, and I would as well. But, you know, if Carl, if he can get that mental toughness part down, man, he, he could put himself right back in that conversation with Joel. We talked about the Lakers. Got a couple more questions. We talked about the Lakers earlier. Jason Kidd becomes the assistant coach with the Lakers. Many thought Lonzo Ball was going to be the mentee of Jason Kidd. Where do you think Jason Kidd improves the Lakers as an assistant coach this season with Lonzo gone? Um, well, look, just from, you know, remember Magic Johnson, he wanted to get rid of that whole 
basically that whole coaching staff. He wanted that whole coaching staff upgrade, the, the staff that Luke Walton had. He just felt like, you know, when you got a, a guy like LeBron on your team, and I, mm-hmm. I've covered LeBron when he was being coached by someone with minimal experience in the NBA. That was mm-hmm. David Blatt. Mm-hmm. And we, we kind of seen how that played out. And so it was, Le, it was, Le, it was LeBron's first year in LA. Um, you know, they weren't expected to, to compete. You know, LeBron was the only got big name guy that they got over the summer. But you could just tell there, there just wasn't anybody on that roster that just commanded respect. Right. Uh, from in that position. Now you're going to respect them as a human being, but just in that position of authority, it wasn't there. So that, you know, Jason Kidd has that. You know, Frank Vogel has that. You know, Phil Handy, who I think is the best. Uh, individual workout skills coach in the NBA. I agree. He 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 comes back over there, rejoins LeBron. So you get that respect, and when you got respect, you got confidence, and that exudes and expresses to the whole entire team. And you need to have that. And so I think Jason Kidd, you know, obviously one of the best point guards to ever played the game, and was a successful coach in his own right. And you know that 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 can't be anything but a plus. And so yeah, I think he's going to help extremely. Chris, you talked about um, experience. You talked about Phil Handy. You talked about the Cavs. A guy that's still a free agent is J.R. Smith. He met with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I've heard Philly. I've heard Houston at one point earlier in the summer. What are you hearing about J.R. Smith and his NBA future? Well, I think the Lakers really have to give him a serious look because, uh, you know, I think they want to go into the season with the roster they have and kind of, you know, check the first 10 to 15 games and see how things are going look at the metrics, look at the numbers, look at the percentages, and see what they lack before they decide on what they're going to do. But, you know, J.R. Smith makes perfect sense for, you know, those teams you just mentioned. Makes perfect sense for the Lakers, makes perfect sense for the Clippers. The only thing with J.R., you just got to see where he's at mentally. You know, if he's going to come in and be a model citizen, that's the only thing. But uh, you can't deny his skill set. You can't deny uh, that he's one of the best catch-and-shoot players in the league, championship pedigree. Right there, so you know, you know, he knows how to play at a high level, and so uh, you know, it's, it's going to take a minute. I actually thought that he would have been gone by now, but you know, that's probably one of the more few surprises of free agency after the big names are off the board. NBA writer Chris Haynes on the line with Scoopy Radio, bro. I was I've known your story for a little while, but what I did not know was you were a security guard. Yeah, I was security guard at a, a high school in Portland, so. Um, I graduated from Fresno State, but it was in it was in kinesiology. So my plan was to be a um, uh, basketball coach and a PE teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, last year, you know, I, I took that ten year college course route. So I, I graduated. and I was like twenty six, mm-hmm. maybe twenty six and a half, something like that. But my last year, <clears throat> I took a journalism class. It was, was African American um, writing class. You know, mm-hmm. you had to take one of those electives for, for graduation. And I found out, I'm like, man, I like writing. I like writing. Long story short, I wanted to, you know, I was like, man, I want to try to see if I can write for the NBA. So I started sending different publications publications my uh, writing samples. And Slam Magazine was one of them that said, um, you know, if you move to an NBA market, you know, we'll credential you. We can't pay you, but we'll credential you. Mm-hmm. And so I did that, moved to Portland. Because I was like, okay, if I move to Portland, I've been in Fresno my whole life. But if I move to Portland, if I fail, it's not such a long drive back home. You know, it's 12 hours. 
You know, so I picked Portland, me and the fam. I had I had three kids at the time, me and, me and the wife, and um, moved out there. And I had to, um, I covered the Blazers for free for Slam Magazine. And um, I couldn't find a job, man. You know, you know, you, you hear you hear all about, you know, get your college degree, get your college degree. And, yeah. you know, I didn't. You know, I didn't have anybody in my family that had a college degree. And so that was something for me to, 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 to achieve that. And I couldn't get a job. I couldn't find a job, man. And so a security, a high school security job and a security gig working in an apartment complex was the only thing I could find. Wow. So I would do that during the day, work security during the day. And then I would cover games, home games for the Blazers at night. And I did that for a year. And uh, then the next year, that's when uh, the, the, I got—I guess you say—got got discovered, got picked up, and uh, you know. But that year, I, I you know I broke some stories that year, and got some real insightful uh, interviews. In that one year, working for free, so I I, I I appreciate Slam, and it was ProBasketballNews.com at the same uh, at that time. Sam Amico in Cleveland and Tony mm-hmm. Mejia gave me the chance, and uh, so I. I I appreciate them for giving me the opportunity because it definitely helped get me noticed. But I would never advocate anybody working for free. But that's just the path that I had to take to, to get here. I had to work for free too. I slept yeah. at um, res- oh, excuse me, at the Source magazine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's like it. You have to weigh weigh the circumstances. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it, it might be like for a credible. Uh, Publication like Source or Slam, you got to you got to weigh you got to weigh the situation. Like you, you're going to have a million eyeballs on your work, yeah. And sometimes that's more than working for a publication that probably a hundred people see it and they're pay, probably paying you a hundred bu- bucks a, a, a article. So you mm-hmm. got you got to just weigh the different um, scenarios out and see what's best for you. But you know, I, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a fan of free labor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that if a publication is going to allow you to write, they obviously think that you're good enough to be placed in, in print under their under their name. So you should be paid. You should be compensated something. But sometimes, a lot of times, that doesn't happen, and, and you got to make do. Last question. Before it's all said and done, what two teams will be in the finals today? Today? So this is – make sure I'm going to say this verbally. All right. This is September 20th. Yes. 2019. No yeah. games have been played. No preseason games have been played. So yeah. I'm speaking out clearly off what I think right now at this moment, having known absolutely nothing that's, yeah. that's going to happen in the future. So with yeah. all that being said, I'm going to go with the Clippers representing the Western Conference, and I'm going to go with the Bucks in the East. Wow. And I think, and I think uh, Clippers make history and get that chip. You heard it first. Chris Haynes. Brother, thank you so much for joining the podcast, and uh, I'll be seeing you soon. Ah, uh, for sure, Scoop B. You be safe, my guy. You too, my dude. I'll talk to you soon. Scoop B Radio. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.